Welcome to another exciting edition of the Dr. Funk Podcast. And now, here's your host, Dr. Funkenberry. What up, everyone? Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. Thank you guys so much for subscribing on Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, wherever we're at. We have a very, very special episode today that we're entitling Love for Rosie, for Rosie Gaines. We have a PRN alumni member and president, Jackie Thompson, here with us, also with Rosie Gaines' daughter, LaToya Gaines. Welcome, ladies. How are you doing today? Woo! <laughs> I think we're doing, we're doing wonderful. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thanks for being on. We really appreciate it. <clears throat> now, Jackie... Just for those who are not aware that have been under a rock since April 2016, can we hip them to what the PRN alumni is all about? Yes, uh, definitely. Well, um, we formed a group of ex, you know, Paisley Park Prince folks uh, that work for him, and we created a but it's a 501c3 now. And with the mission to really kind of keep uh, Prince's legacy going through um, our, our choice. He was doing all, you know, all kinds of philanthropic uh, things uh, from solar panels to, you know, urban gardening to helping, you know, um, musicians and all kinds of stuff. So we had to kind of narrow it down to our mission uh, and stay focused. So we, we chose kids in uh, music uh, arts and uh, tech programs for education. Uh, we also chose um, urban uh, gardening, uh, farming uh, as a mission. So, you know, getting uh, uh, organic uh, food into the urban uh, cities and, and really working towards that with initiatives uh, like that. And then um, the other one that's really important to us is to help our own alumni. And that's why we're on today. Right. And for the very special, extremely talented MPG member, Rosie Gaines, the Purple Army, Purple Underground, everyone's got to be in support of this. This is very, very huge. We have LaToya Gaines here right now, Rosie's daughter. LaToya, how are you doing today? Oh, man, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm very marvelous because I have people like you and Jacqueline that is supporting my mom and have her in your hearts. And so I'm wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for being on. I had someone last week hit me up, wanting to know what was going on with Rosie and was wanting him on the show. So when Jacqueline hit me up, I was like, this is so good. So cool. Cause there's been so many questions. And when Prince was here, we all know he helped your mom and she was an integral part of the new power generation from our yes. first title of an album for Diamonds and Pearls featuring Rosie. But that's not where it all started. She started on the 1990 uh, tour, the new tour overseas. Yes. Now. Yes, she did. We, we loved her. She was a staple when it came to the version of Nothing Compares to You, the version that's most famous of Prince performing it is along with Rosie, you know, which was done on the new tour and the Diamonds and Pearls tour as well. So 
We all have mad love for Rosie, and I came across a Dimes and Pearls that didn't have Rosie's audio on it, didn't have her vocals yet. It just sounds wow. so uninspired without Rosie on it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I never heard that version. I would love to hear that, actually. I'll have to it to you. I'll send you a copy. Yes. Um, but yes, you're right. They were quite a pair, you know, very complimentary of each other's talent. And I think that's what made it really work. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Rosie was in the business for a while. It's not like Prince discovered her, albeit as great of a protege as she was. I noticed that she had a few records in the 80s release produced yes. by all people. Don Cornelius, right? Yes. Oh, you know, he was her first really big manager. But you're absolutely correct. My mom has been um, active in the music industry mainstream since the 80s. Her first record deal was with Epic Records. Yes. Um, and Don Cornelius helped her get that deal. And besides that, even before that, she was out here in the Bay Area. And she had a hand in helping a few big artists with their um, careers also. So she also like paved the way for your Tony, Tony, Tony's. They used to come and set in with her. Um, Maxine from In Vogue. She used to be one of my mom's background singers. Um, Tyra Kemp, who had, you know, she had a hit. I don't know if you guys remember Tyra Kemp. Of course. Um, but she, Hold you tight. She was, also, was she was also my mom's background singer. And my mom was married to Curtis Olsen, who went on to play for Ray Charles. And he's a wonderful jazz musician, you know, also. So she had her hands in quite a bit of things before she hit, you know, the purple one. <laughs> that was hot. Mm -hmm. And Tara Kemp had the huge hit with Hold You Tight. So yes. I remember that. It seems like, are you from the Bay Area? I should have done more research because a lot of the people you're mentioning, that's some Bay Area funk right there. Yes, we are all from the Bay Area. We are from a very small city called Pittsburgh, California. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was such a big uproar because um, the press was printing that my mom is from Oakland. And she's not. She's from Pittsburgh, but she did move to Oakland because the music scene in Oakland and San Francisco was really popping back then. So that's why, you know, but we are very much so Bay Area bound. Yes. Right. So... Let's get into it, because for people don't know, what is your mom, Rosie, suffering from right now? What's going on? Well, the main thing that she's suffering from is a battle with diabetes. Um, and it's very serious because I did mention before that, you know, diabetes has affected a lot of people in our community. Um, and not only that, you know, children too, children have a big struggle with it. It's claimed some lives, like even a fight from a tribe called quest. Yeah. And it's very serious. Like she got so badly infected within her legs and stuff that it, she almost had to get them amputated. And it was just, she's had diabetes for a very long time, but a life of a musician, um, you know, they're not able to really sit still. So it kind of messes you up to take care of yourself. And if you're not treating your diabetes properly, it would just go out of, it will spiral out of control. So she's been really struggling with that. Um, and she's also been, you know, struggling with depression. And so she's struggling with those things. 
It's very difficult. I have diabetes myself. I'm type 2. Oh, wow. Diabetic neuropathy in my feet. And if you cannot do the diet and exercise, you need both. Mm -hmm. You're really screwed. And I'm really tired of, like, the plight of Hollywood. Like, Blackish did a special episode on diabetes this season. And again, not taking the seriousness of it. They did the same thing with Scrubs, same thing with other shows. They think, oh, if you're on insulin, everything's good. Maybe if you're in your early 20s, right? everything is good. Right. But later in life, you're like, absolutely right. you know, Ed Lover from uh, Yo! MTV Raps, um, believe his partner on the show, he lost his foot. It was amputated. Um, mm-hmm. And you have mm-hmm. other people in Hollywood who have it. And then... For some secret reason, like I'm like, yay, it'll bring more notice to diabetes because I don't think it's taken seriously. It really is a silent killer. So when Gabrielle Sidibe had it and Tom Hanks was diagnosed with it, I figured finally we're going to get more people, more eyes on it. And there just hasn't been. It's frustrating. Uh, Well, see, you just educated me because i didn't even know that all of those people you know were struggling with diabetes and tom hanks is actually from the bay area also he's from concord california um but that's amazing because i didn't know that and you're right it should be way more awareness you know um that this is a very serious disease and it can affect anyone um and when it hits you if you're not properly in the right you know place to take care of yourself or have the right support, it will take you out. And it is very serious and it does need to be more awareness to this disease. You're absolutely correct. And I'm sorry that you're suffering from it too, because it's such a pain. It's It's a pain like to have to deal with that. Yes, it is. You know, I, last year I plan on getting back on track with stuff in uh, February and then I broke my foot and I'm still been trying to heal from that. I'm having troubles with my other foot. And that's having issues. So I'm Whoa. not able to work out or do anything. And you need both. My blood sugar is all over the place. Morning, I'll wake up. It's a 112. It's normal. By 6 p.m., it's a 295. The normal area is for people. You know, it's usually around 80 to 120. But when you cannot control it and you can't get the exercise or enough stuff in, like Dominique Wilkins, the famous basketball player from the 80s, early 90s, he's a diabetic. And to keep his diabetes under control, he has to drink two gallons of water. Now, how (laughs) a regular person, are they going to be able to drink two gallons of water to keep that stuff? No, probably not. Of Of course not. And, you know, people have a misconception that it only comes from people that are overweight and it's not true. No, No. it's, it's nothing to do with that. It's more of, you know, it's so, it's just so painful to watch people go through it because I don't think if you have never experienced it firsthand or had someone really close to you, um, and you, you're watching it for yourself. I think that you will be also miss, um, you know, you'll be deceived about this disease. So it needs to be more awareness. People do need to understand that it is a huge problem that we're having in America. Um, and, Someone needs to address it because it is very, very hard to live by the rules of diabetes. Yeah. And, you know, 
live a certain lifestyle and you're you're used to a certain lifestyle, it's not that simple just to change your lifestyle overnight. No. You know, it doesn't work that way. Right. And it, and so it is very much so ongoing. Um and it's very hard to live with. It changes your it completely changes your life. And it's just all so, this uh, processed food and other stuff. I mean, in the 80s, oh, yeah. a few chips Ahoy wouldn't kill you. Now yeah, right. You're going to have diabetes and all these other ailments. I mean, even like as you talked about, it isn't just, you know, overweight people that have it. Pregnant women get it. Halle Berry had it when she had her daughter in 2004 or whatnot. She had a form of it, doesn't have it anymore. Dick Clark. He announced he had diabetes in 2005. Within a year, he had a stroke and was never the same until his passing. So it's a serious epidemic that's just really, really ignored. And I'm just so tired of it because it's a statistic of certain people and they're ignoring it. And I'm just so frustrated by it. And we got to help Rosie out, whether it's with a shirt, whether it's other ways of getting donations. We have to take care of Rosie because right now she can't take care of herself. So all this. Is and let me just say this. because I don't want people, you know, I know a lot of people listen and they go, wow, Rosie Gaines, how does she need help? Um, a lot of the people are very misconscripted um, about when you're in the industry, oh, you should have all this money. But we know from Prince writing slave on his face that it just doesn't work that way, you know. Um, you don't just have a lot of money. You do a lot of work and there's a lot of people who make a lot of money off of you. It's not like you actually get the money in your pocket, even him, you know, he even had to fight for what was rightfully his. And so it's the same thing with my mom. And the whole thing that's really bad is that the depression is kind of making her not even really care. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's what, it's so bad about her diabetes is that it's mixed with another ailment, which is depression. And so those two together, it could be really deadly, you know, to feel like you're forgotten or you don't have anyone in your corner or, you know, why do I have to constantly fight, fight, fight? I mean, that's what it is in this industry. When you get into this industry, it's like, it's, it's a blessing, but it's also a curse because you do have to fight for your position. Um, and everything, just because you're great and you're awesome and you wrote this and you sang this and you did that, it doesn't mean that you're going to get what you are entitled to. Right. So, it's, and there's no outlets for musicians either. Like musicians have to pay doctors. They don't have right. insurance and they don't have, you know, things that they can fall back on like regular people, you know? And so it makes it really hard for a musician once they retire or once they get older if they did not get their proper payment or if they did not manage their money properly they will be in trouble you know because well, they don't was, have things yeah sorry to sorry to cut you into you prince was doing a lot of that for um you know like clive stubberfield um uh he was giving money for his medical and just different really cool things he did and the one thing mm-hmm. i want to tell you latoya is is that this we came up with this because we love Rosie and we want to let her know that and we hope not only do we raise uh, money financially but we raise her spirits up so that she can yeah, see yeah. that she is loved by a huge community of people uh, and um, and we just wanted to you know say this through this and so 
I'm so happy that Steve Park uh, created the T-shirt. Um, it's wonderful, and he took his time to do it. And you know, we're just everybody is showing the love for Rosie, and we want to we want to lift her up, and that's what it's all about. Right, and that's I mean, fabulous. People don't get it when you sign a record contract or weather stuff. It doesn't come with medical insurance, you know. It doesn't. No. I remember and one Prince time. Really he, he helped my mom a whole lot. All the way up until his passing, he was helping her. Yeah. Um, he all he was such a philanthropist, and he didn't want the credit. Like, he didn't want people to know he was doing all of this stuff. And it's because he was very genuine in his caring um, for people, you know. And so... We are very grateful to him because he did do a lot for my mom right before he passed. Actually, he'd reach out to her and he, you know, he did a lot of things for her. And so she, she was very, very hurt um, by his passing and kind of in denial about the fact that he is no longer here, you know, Um, but he was such a great man. And and Jacqueline is right. He did a lot for a lot of people. Absolutely. Some people he wouldn't even know. I remember... One time he told me he went to a Grammy songwriters benefit with Larry Graham, I believe in 98, 99. And, you know, they were giving out checks or whatnot for certain people that wrote certain songs. And he was upset by how little it was that this person wrote this song and that's all they're getting. Like, right. To take care of our own. He was so upset by that. He was always trying to fight for the artists. Because he was such a, a fabulous artist and he was a one man band. And so he was always trying to fight for artist rights. And I think a lot of his fans don't know that, that that was something that he was actively doing, even in his passing, you know, ahead of his time. And that I, I believe that's how come he, um, you know, he did what he did to fight for his rights because he was right. Like, you know, he was doing all the work. So why are you taking my money? And he was absolutely correct in that. And he was absolutely advocating for other artists like himself to actually get what they were entitled to. Definitely. See, we want yeah. to hit people to everything, educate them on what they don't know, whether it's Prince or whether it's his contributions or diabetes or anything like that. Now, let's get to a little bit of fun stuff for the fans. Circling back to the 1990 uh, new tour. You were fairly young around that time, guessing around probably around 10, 11 years old, correct? Yes, I was. Okay. So, <laughs> new tour. You weren't. You didn't go over on the tour overseas, right? Because of your age, correct? No, because I had to go to school. So, I didn't get to do that no. tour. What did you think of the songs that were being recorded at that time? Some that did make it to release and some that didn't, like Horny Pony and Get Off. that is so funny you would bring that up because i just said the other day that i loved all of their collaborations and the only one that i had a problem with was horny pony because for me it was embarrassing because it's my mom so i was like what are you doing like oh my god don't sing that it was just you know that was a song that was (laughs) you have to you have to really be a diehard fan Mm. um listen to that song and love it like for what it's worth because i was especially being young you know that was really like over my head i was like oh my god are you saying horny pony no and then they had a dance that went with it i don't know if you guys remember 
But Chris made up a whole dance step that goes to this, like, it was a dance, the horny pony. <laughs> now, you can run that, all the that, way to Barcelona. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, yes. The horny yes. pony gonna get you gonna. Now, oh my God. There's these two oh. women talking, and it sounds like you right now. They're like, uh-uh, this new dance is doing, uh-uh, I ain't down with that. It's- oh, my God. I so was, I was so embarrassed. I was embarrassed of that, and also, I did not appreciate my mom rapping. I, I was telling her, Mom, just whatever you do, don't rap. Just sing. Like, stop rapping. <laughs> now, it, it was cool when she was doing It Takes Two. Uh, on the new yeah. tour, the raw bass and DJ Easy Rock song. I enjoyed that. But of course, we loved her doing Ain't No Way and Dr. Feelgood and all those other things. Now, get off. What were your What were your thoughts that? You weren't around like for the MTV Video Music Awards or for the video shoot, were you? Yes, I was. Actually, I was there at Paisley Park. They shot Get Off in Paisley Park oh. in Chanhazen, Minnesota, and I was there. And I had some objections to the um, lingerie and the, and the painted men around my mom. Yes, I did. I had, oh yeah, I had objections to all of that. Like, no, like, what are you, that's my mom. You know, like, that's how you look at it. Like, that's your mom. You don't look at it like mom's working. You look at it like, no, that's my mom. And um, dude, who are you? You blue man. Get away from my mom. <laughs> now you sound like Arsenio at the MTV Video Awards where he's like, go, I hate naked go woman. Get away. <laughs> no, but it's, it's real life. Like when you're there and you're witnessing it, you're like, what the bleep? Like, what is this? No, that's my mom. Like, go away, man. Get over, go over there. Yeah, no, no. But she was, you know, it was all in good fun and we laughed it off or whatever, but you know, Prince was sexy. I mean, that's what it was. But when you're, you know, 9, 10, 11, you don't look at it like that. You don't know what sexy is. You're just looking at it like, what in the world is my mom doing? <laughs> and, you know, this is the whole thing. Because you had the, you had two choices as a kid growing up of two artists that you liked. You'd have Prince that was this sexual raw energy and all this talent. Then you had the one where your parents kind of wanted you to go to because he was the innocent one was Michael Jackson. So. Oh, yes. Yes. I was I was a Michael fanatic. I mean, I was the kid that would stand in front of the TV and cry and like fall on the floor when he would come on the screen. And I would tell my mom, you know, you're in the industry. You're signed to his label. Go get him. I want him to be my dad. Like, you know, yeah, I, I was that kid. <laughs> How did that work out? <laughs> well, um, she actually had a choice. She could have actually been in Michael's band. Um, this is what a lot of people don't know. She was signed to Epic at the same time. Thriller, you know, was released there. And it was so big. My mom ended up getting shelved because actually Epic didn't expect it to go that big. They didn't have enough people to handle Michael and all the rest of their artists because Michael was just such a, he was an international instant hit. So people who were signed to Epic at the same time, kind of, you know, they kind of got thrown under the bus. They were shelved. Right. And being that my mom was a musician, she could have easily been in his band and played for him. But she chose Prince because she told me herself that she didn't feel like Michael would give her any kind of front face, you know, right. like he would keep her in the back. And she knew Prince would not do that to her. 
So that's why she chose to go with Prince. Right. Now, right. I sent Jackie a photo of some of uh, Rosie's early albums from the 80s when she was on Epic. And there was another one with Rosie Gaines and the Gaines sisters, right? Yes. Oh, you have that picture? <laughs> I have it. Yeah, I sent it to her. Uh, yep, she I'll send it to you. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I found that album like probably about 15, 16 years ago at Amoeba Hollywood here in LA. And I'm like, what? So I had to bring it out. That's where I saw the executive producer of Don Cornelius in the credits and that Rosie basically wrote every single song on the album, which was cool. Yeah. At that time, yes, that wasn't happening in the industry for women at all. No, that and that's what she was fighting for. You know, my mom, she had such a battle in the industry because, you know, they want to have all the creative control. They want to have all the rights because, I mean, if you're the one, you know, the writer is the one who gets paid. So if it's my label, why would I let you write everything? And I need my label to make the money. And so that's what it was. It's like she was um, always fighting for her spot. She was just like a female prince. She was constantly fighting, you know, to have her independence and to have her creative um, rights over her own stuff. But we all know the industry do not work like that, even with a genius Prince, you know, they just don't work that way because then they won't make any money off of you. You know what I mean? So she was constantly, constantly battling um, with them, trying to tell her what to do, how to look. And we want these writers to write this. And she's going, why? When I do it myself, I don't need, you know, anybody to write it for me. So she wasn't playing by the rules. So I think that that was really another reason why it was destiny for her to hook up with Prince because they were so much in their souls alike, you know, they were like married in the sick, you know what I mean? And they understood each other and they understood each other's ground. You know what I mean? So it was a blessing for her to be a part of the new power generation. It made her feel um, freedom of being an artist for the first time. Right. Now let's talk to some songs. We got the songs that annoyed you, like Horny Pony and Get Off, at least at the time. Let's get to better songs, at least for an 11-year-old. Uh, Dimes of Pearls and Walk Don't Walk. By any chance, because I've been trying to find out the mystery of this, did you ever see the Walk Don't Walk video being made or seen it at all? I've never seen the Walk Don't Walk video. I didn't even know they had one. Yep. Directed See, that's what I'm saying. That's that vault, right? That vault yeah. got all that in it. And I want to, I'm just like everybody else. I'm waiting to see what comes out that vault because I know the work that they put in and I know that they have several projects that no one ever even got to hear. I got to hear a lot because, you know, I was around during recording, but I didn't get to see um, any videos or anything like that, that except for Gangster Glam, which they did end up releasing. I was there for that too. So, yeah. um, but everything else, like you said, walk, don't walk. No, never. I didn't even know they made a video to it. Yeah. And that was one of my favorites. Lisa Bonet directed it. What? Yep. <laughs> I'm telling you, I want to see that video so bad. There's got to be a video collection from the vault, whatever, with walk, don't walk on it. Lisa Bonet oh, directed it. It was early 92. So I've been. Oh man, I, I want to see it too because that was one of my favorites. Yeah, and there's so much yeah. other stuff. There was Walk Don't Walk remixes, 
there was something funky this house comes which has rosie rapping on it again sorry about that but you know still well, what, I got to, what i did get to hear was my mom do elephants and flowers she was the lead singer on that by herself actually there's a version of just her singing the lead um it was and i was i love elephants and flowers and i was so you know excited to hear her singing the lead on that song i was like mom i didn't know you did a version like this she was like yeah you know i did the lead on this and I mean, they had several tracks like that, that you would hear Prince like um, singing, but my mom would sing the lead and he'll put out his version and take pieces of the, what she did. And you know what I mean? But I got to hear all of them. So that was an actual inside blessing for me. So that is yes. so amazing to yes. know that or hear it would be incredible to have Rosie Gaines on Lyle and some flowers. Love the one. Who yes. is now, Rosie was part of Prince's band and an influential member at the time where first he was considered out and then the Diamonds of Pearls humongous comeback, which Prince hated those words because he never went away. But <laughs> the MTV Video Music Awards performance before Arsenio, you guys performed at the Metrodome in Minneapolis um, their old stadium before the U.S. Bank Arena for the Special Olympics doing Diamonds of Pearls with Baby I'm a Star. Were you there for that? Yeah. I was there for that. And the energy of that was so amazing. And let me just say it, you know, later on in life, it really impacted me because I have a 18 year old and he's autistic. Mm -hmm. So my son has autism and I was there for that moment. Just, you know, just, you know, Kids that have special needs, they are so sweet and they're so genuine um, in their feeling. And I got to feel all that love. It was so exciting. You know, I watched them rehearse several times for it. But to be there, you know, in the moment was so epic for me. And I was so proud of my mom, you know, that she was able to be a part of something that big. Because to me, that's bigger than a regular Olympics, you know, and... I was just so excited to be there. Yes, it was it was a very um I will never forget that moment, you know. That was a very special moment in our life. Especially because there was rumors during the Diamonds of Pearls era that for the 92 Olympics that Rosie and Prince and the MPG were going to perform at the Olympics in Barcelona, Spain, but that never happened. That's why I thought it was interesting that he even mentioned Barcelona in Horny Pony. But at least you have the Special Olympics moment. And Minneapolis has that moment again as well for that. Yes. Now, did you have to move from the Bay Area to Minnesota? Because if you did, I don't know how you did it. We got to get you a medal for that, <laughs> that weather sometimes. So. I did. And no one, no one um, prepared me for weather. No weather. I mean, my mom kept saying, oh, it's so cold. And, you know, but... It's nothing like getting off the plane coming from California and getting slapped in your face with that Minnesota wind. It feels like a thousand needles pricking you in your face and you get into the warm room, your body just itches because it's defrosting. So it's like, yeah, that was real. <laughs> that was a really surreal moment for me. I did end up moving to Minnesota when I was in my teens in the 10th grade. Um, I moved to Minnesota. Yeah. Did you ever get used to it? 
I never got used to the weather, but let me say, being a Cali girl, I appreciated the snow. I appreciated the white Christmas. I even sang at like the um, Chanhazen, um Christmas tree lighting. <laughs> I sang there. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. I really like, I took full advantage. Like, oh my God, you know, I'm going to do this white Christmas thing. And I did it so big. Like, yes. You know, and I was out there freezing, singing Christmas carols, but for me, it was worth it. I loved every moment of that. You know, that was special. That was special to me. It was a good time, you know. Now, Prince would talk about sometimes after he would record a song. I think he said that Rosie was the closest uh, to Paisley at the time. So sometimes he'd roll up in his little Chiquita yellow BMW in the middle of the night. And have Rosie. He would buy that one in the blue one. Yeah, that one in the blue one. And he would come into our house. And that was. (laughs) And so I'm so lucky I get to say, yeah, Prince used to come to my house because, you know, he didn't do that. He didn't make um, a ton of house calls. He didn't go to a lot of people's houses. Like, so we were special. Yes, he came to our house quite a few times. And we actually have quite a few recordings of them doing pre-production because my mom had a studio in the house. And so he would come there and record with her also. So they were very close, like siblings, you know, like brother and sister when she joined him, I think they just spoke their own language. You know, he would come and call at like three in the morning, you know, Rosie come outside. I want to play you something in a car. (laughs) My mom was like, get up and put on her snow boots. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, Prince is outside. I'm going to go listen to what he just did because he want me to add something. And oh, man. Yeah. You know, they used to go to the Timberwolf games and they did a lot of stuff together. You know, um, they were very close. They even had a lot of conversations about the the women that was in and out of Paisley Park. So and I got to listen to some of those conversations. Oh, yeah. I got to listen. <laughs> And I was just telling Jacqueline, I was like, Prince, no, he did not want to work with no ugly women. Okay. Cause Jacqueline is beautiful. So yeah. everyone who he had working for him, that was a woman was very, I, I don't live up to that, uh, you know, that level, you know, come on. They're, they're oh, yes. Pretty you know, yes oh, oh, no, no, no. But I, I appreciate it. I'll Jacqueline, take the compliment. Jacqueline is gorgeous, you guys. She's gorgeous. She looks like a prince chick. Yes, she is. She's beautiful. So, you know, when I was when I first came there, Carmen Electra, um, her real name was Ingrid, actually. He gave her her name. I don't Tara. know if everybody knows. Tara. Her, Tara? Tara Patrick. Sorry. Well, why did she say her name was Ingrid? I have no idea what Carmen was saying that day. I know she had trouble finding McDonald's around the corner at the time. But, um, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Go ahead. T- tell us about Carmen. Let's hear it. Oh, man, that's so me because I love Carmen. Wait a I minute. I love Carmen, too. <laughs> I would have had trouble no, I- finding McDonald's around an area I wasn't known with when I came from Ohio. You know? <laughs> No, she was there though when I when I first arrived and she was um she was just lovely. I didn't appreciate the rap, but she was gorgeous and she was sweet, you know. Um <laughs> you got you me know, all like no it's, <laughs> it's twenty-five years this week that, that Carmen C D was released, by the way. Just just Ooh, wow. oh my I'm getting old. 
Let me tell you a story about that because Prince knew that children was truthful. So he puts the CD in my hand and he goes, I want you to go home and listen to this and tell me what you think. Oh man. I was like, when I put it in, I was like, Oh man, this is bad. Like, and I was like, mom, can I not go with you to rehearsal tomorrow? She was like, why? I'm like, I don't know how to tell him. Like, this is horrible. She was like, just tell him. He gave it to you because he wants to know. And I was like, no. Like, I didn't want to be that person. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, man, why do you have to give it to me? <laughs> hey, I'll say everybody get on up, at least the beat and whatnot I like. But Carmen has done really well. Over the past she five years. So props for that. And she's a wonderful, a wonderful person. Like, no shade. I love her because she was so sweet. And that's what I was saying before you threw the shade first. Like, she was a sweet person. <laughs> she was a sweet. Very, she was very sweet. Um, and I and I loved her for being who she was. Because she was a nice, nice girl. Yes. Very nice. Yes. Now, before we close up on everything, is there any funny Prince stories you have? Because we know that he had a ridiculous sense of humor and he loved kids. So the funniest something thing you could Prince, well, it's two things. One thing is he knew that when it came down to him and me, I was very shy around him because he had these intimidating stares. Like his eyes would speak without him speaking a word. And so me being that little, so I would be sitting in rehearsal and he would sing and he would like sing directly to me. And I would kind of like try to inch my way out the room and he would kind of like just follow me. And I'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> it was such like an awkward, <laughs> it was so awkward. And he would always laugh like, cause he knew that I was shy. He knew it was getting me, you know what I mean? So that was funny. And then another thing that was really funny he had this obsession with um, um, the woman from, um, what is that, uh, Sanford and Son with Esther. Esther. He had like this, yep. and Esther. He had like this obsession with Aunt Esther for like whatever reason. He sampled this lady saying, hold it, Fred, and he would have her up on a screen and stuff like at rehearsals. I was just like, what in the world? I mean, but it was so funny. It was it was hilarious. We were all laughed until we cried because I don't know what it was, but it was just so funny to me. Like, what is your obsession with Aunt uh, Esther? This is so. <laughs> it was so it was funny, you know. Like, hold it, Fred. In the middle of everything, you would hear mm -hmm. him pushing, you know, sample buttons of her saying that. Right. I think it's because he thought the funk was so nasty and so ugly. It looked like her. If you can give Funk a look that Prince would play, it looked like Aunt Esther. <laughs> oh, man. He made a lot of faces, didn't he? His faces were funny, too. Yeah. Now, oh, boy. And just now reminds me of this sexy MF video with the little Aunt Esther signs that the band would hold up. Now. See? You, he had an obsession with that lady. <laughs> it was funny. It now, was funny. You know, even though they, they kind of split around the Spinball album, he would still bring her in for stuff for recording of Tender Heart and performing at Paisley Park for the end concert special right. in 92. So that was... I mean, right, right. right. Tender Heart was, was awesome. Like, 
um, it was wonderful. He really did try to, um, Jacqueline actually, um, told me something I didn't know about my mom and Austin Powers. I was like, what? You know, he really tried to promote my mom as hard as he could at all times. And she was telling me that, you know, um, Mike Myers was trying to get Prince, you know, to do something for the movie. And he was going, use Rosie. You know what I mean? But of course they want Prince, you know, there's no, they want Prince. They don't want Rosie. They want Prince. But it was just like a very touching moment when she told me that because it just showed me how hard he really did go for my mom. He went hard for her. Okay. Like he believed in her a thousand percent. He really did. Um, you know, beyond anything else, he loved her. Um, and I'm just so appreciative because he changed our lives forever. You know, he did. And I'm just so grateful and, and, and honored and thankful that he respected my mom on that level because he, he really did. And he don't respect a lot of people. So, you know, it was an honor that he loved her enough to say, I want to see you win and do your own thing, whatever I can do to help, you know, I'll provide you with that. And my tender heart was one of those moments um, that showed his support for my mom. And if the Paisley Park label wouldn't have won under because of the Warner Brothers battle, you know, it's who knows what would happen, but it's good that he gave her the masters and everything else to find a different label to have someone promote it. She had more hits overseas with that album than she did over yeah. here, but I still made sure to copy a copy of it and everything else. So, um, yeah, he was still in touch with her, having her perform at the Raven to the year 2000 with him. Yeah. You know, I have an emancipation, um, plaque right here. I'm looking at it. I have, um, she actually got awarded for emancipation, and he never stopped calling her. If he was ever in our area, you know, if even if it was an after party, he would call her to come up and jam with him. And, you know, he never wanted to stop musically dealing with my mom because they had such a connection. And, you know, she was always very grateful for that with him. And he did. He just he did wonders for our lives. And I just feel blessed because he is an icon. And. You know, it was a trip for me. I really realized that when I'm sitting at the after party and then I have Eddie Murphy and his wife at the time, who was a model. And, you know, you got Jada Pinkett and Will like coming up freaking out because you're sitting with Prince. And it's like crazy to me. Like, right. I'm tripping off you guys. You guys are tripping off us. And I'm like, mama, like, woo, you know, you, you doing it, girl. Look, <laughs> yes. People sometimes you know. forget it because he had Cat Dyson like lip sync to the Jam of the Year vocals, but that is Rosie Gaines. Check the credits, y'all. All day long. You know? What? That was yeah, Cat lip singing it. <laughs> Just in concert when she wasn't there. You know? Right. But um, oh, okay, but yeah, yeah, because my mom was trying to, you know, she's trying to do her own thing. I think that when that was happening, my mom was in Europe doing Top of the Pops. Or something like that. She was on that show quite a few times. She had like some major hits over there. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you're right. My, I mean, you know her voice. You can't forget it. You can't forget my mom's or Bonnie, Bonnie's voice. You know, rest her soul, Bonnie. She was awesome. So she was another one that Prince had, yeah, you know, that was area. a powerful singer. Yes. I love Bonnie. Bonnie Boyer. Now, yeah. 
Speaking of the Bay Area, the last time I saw Rosie and Prince together, it doesn't mean that was the last time they were together, but was in Oakland 2001 at the now Oracle Arena. Um, he brought her up for sound check and the audience, some of the fans were brought in to have it and he called Rosie from the back to the stage and then the fans went, aw. And Prince said, aren't you grown people? You don't say aw. <laughs> <laughs> They were rehearsing for uh, not the main show that night at Oracle, but at the Fillmore later that night to see Rosie and Prince perform, which wasn't something I got to see before. I mean, by the time the Act One tour came over here, Rosie was no longer in the MPG, and that was kind of sad for me. So I was very happy right. to see her perform with Prince in 2001 in Oakland. Yes. Well, I, I actually got to go to the Fillmore. I know exactly which show you're talking about. And it was totally awesome because there was so many people there from Larry Graham to Dave Chappelle to it was like a big old party. It was a huge celebration. Um, and that was the last time before they did. Um, they did something else after that. Can't remember what it was, but she flew up to Minnesota and she performed with him after that so she you know they never stopped as long as my mom was actively performing anytime he called her she was game you know right. and she like, was there yes like we said before prince was taking care of her up until he was. his untimely passing so this is why it's so important we got to take care of our own and rosie is one of our own and now uh, Jackie, just to bring it in about the T-shirt that Steve Park designed and how yes. people can go ahead and get that. Yeah, um, we uh, designed it around love, obviously. So uh, love for Rosie. And we thought it fitting to um, uh, launch it on Valentine's Day. So you can pick up the tees on, on Wednesday uh, at prnalumni.org. And uh, that'll be really amazing um, to show the support. And it's a really great T-shirt, too. So um, we'd also love it if uh, people wanted to express how they felt about Rosie. We have an email to uh, if people wanted to do a video, you know, expressing how they felt or, you know, a poem, um, something like that, whatever they feel. Uh, they can send it to this email, um, love4, number 4, uh, Rosie at prnalumni.org so it's Rosie, uh, love for Rosie at prnalumni.org we'll make sure uh, to put that out as well excellent I appreciate that So, thank you Jackie for being on thank you for LaToya LaToya is there anything that you uh, want to say to close this out I just want to tell everyone that um, my mother and friends you know never forget that they represented love and for the world to love each other, um, take care of each other. You know, life is so short. You should definitely live your life to help others as well as yourself. And, you know, just always, always be true to yourself and love each other because that's what it's really all about at the end of the day. Um, you know, with love, you can go places unimaginable. And so, you know, and I just want to thank everybody once again, especially, you know, Miss Jacqueline and, and um, everyone who worked on my mom's shirt and everyone who even had her in their hearts and you, you know, for having us on, for sharing you guys' love and caring for my mother 
And I just think that it's such a healing thing for her. And I just want to say thank you to the fans for being so true, you know, to Prince and my mom. And, and I just, I'm so blessed and thankful to everyone for this. So. Right. Appreciate it, LaToya. Let your mom know how much mad love we have for her. And if she ever wants to come on when she's feeling better or whatnot, even if it's one of those 3 a.m. in the morning, Prince drive by <laughs> to new music. We love to have her on. And we're just here yes, for her. I would definitely tell her that because I'm when she's better, I'm sure she's going to want to get back to it. And we will definitely be calling you. Hotness. And Jackie, thank you so much. When we have other PR and alumni events going on, want you back on right now. We know this is all about Rosie and thank you so much for both of you for your time. Great. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. Again, thanks so much for subscribing on Stitcher, on iTunes, on YouTube. Much love. Till next time. Keep it funky. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got.